0: Back for another Six Rings and Prospects Things podcast. Andy Hart here with Chris Shime Time Shime. And we are talking about Shime's favorite position, those shaped like him these days. That's a shot. Unfair, not funny, Andy. Mean. That's okay. Uh offensive line, tackles, guards, mm-hmm. centers. Obviously, the sexiest position, the position most likely to go near the top of the draft in potentially multiple numbers is the tackle spot and as we always start here on six rings let's look at it from a Patriots perspective before we jump into the prospects themselves and I think this is as most people say one of the top three needs on the roster uh, you've added depth this offseason with the addition of Riley Reef, Calvin Anderson you had the what was what was Bill Belichick thank God we have him Connor McDermott for the last six games of last season Trent Brown is in the final year of his contract. Isaiah Wynn remains an unsigned free agent. I think we've seen the last of Isaiah Wynn. So right now there are, I guess, bodies to duke it out competitively maybe in training camp. But I think everybody says, wow, you could probably use a real, you know, surefire tackle to build around. You have Cole Strange on the inside. Now you draft a tackle. Would you, Chris Scheim, say tackle is a legitimate consideration at number 14 overall for the New England Patriots?
1: I would say it might be the biggest, like the number one consideration at 14 for me. Um, if the right guy is available, I would, I would absolutely pull the trigger on offensive tackle. I just think you're, you, first of all, you need a tackle. I mean, you paid Riley reef, but you didn't pay him like starter money. He's more swing no. tackle money. So he's old. that's fine. Yeah. He's old. I don't care about Connor McDermott. Uh, and then Trent Brown to Burtful. me, yeah, I'll be honest. Uh, I went to a high school. I went to high school with a kid named Connor McDermott, but it's fine. No hey, little known fact. There you go. Uh, but no, regardless, Like, and then I, I think Trent Brown to me is still a question mark. I just don't know what Trent Brown I'm going to get. Am I going to get, you know, dominant, awesome Trent Brown, or am I going to get Trent Brown that doesn't want to be there and doesn't want to show up? Because I feel like without Scar in the building, you could get either version of Trent Brown.
0: So do you have hope that... Bill O'Brien, a a competent offensive coordinator, and Adrian Clem, Mm -hmm. um, at the very least an expert in offensive line play, played it for the Patriots, played it for Scar, has now bounced around both in the NFL and in college, UCLA, Oregon, Pittsburgh, has plenty of offensive line experience. Do you have hope that, at the very least, that unit is going to be better coached this year?
1: Definitely. Like, I fully expect Cole Strange to take a step forward. Like, I thought he was very... uh, in his rookie year. He was he showed signs that he was pretty good, but there were a lot of other times where I just felt like he was getting his ass kicked, Uh, and that might be the fact that he was, you know, at UT Chattanooga coming to the NFL and not Alabama coming to the NFL. Um, And so, I very much expect him to take a major step forward. I think Michael Onwenu is, in my opinion, without a question, the best offensive lineman you have. And David Andrews has been reliable. He's not amazing, but he's definitely by no means a weakness. So... Uh, the tackle play is what I'm most concerned about. But I, I feel like if you draft the right guys, that these two guys in particular, Clem and Billy O, can get them in a position to succeed.
0: Okay, so we're going to start atop the uh, depth chart at tackle draft prospects with a guy who um, some people think is a guard, uh, some people think is a tackle. Um, first of all, I'll have my little uh, interesting scouting note tidbit thing Ooh, before perfect. we talk about it. Northwestern's Peter Skoronsky whose uncles spell it Skarounsky? There's a W in it, yet they're the same family. One of those, I don't know, Ellis Island or somebody dropped the W, added a W things, but he and his uncles do not actually have the same spelling of their last names, even though they are direct uh, relatives. Um, Six foot four, 313 pounds. Uh, You know what I like about him? Every freaking prospect feels like they're 23 plus years old. He's a little over 21. So still yeah. relatively young, uh, short arms for a tackle. That's the problem. 32 and change arms. Mm-hmm. Um, I think personally this, if we've talked a little bit along the way about safest prospects in the draft, the, the, the B John Robinson, the Brian brand the blue whatever, chippers. I think, Somewhere on the offensive line, Peter Skaronsky is going to be a Pro Bowl player. My guess is that guard. Um, I think he's a stud. I I just I don't see this guy not being a 10 to 12 year NFL offensive lineman who some coach, some O-line coach. This is his guy. This is like the guy he relies upon for the next decade.
1: Yeah, I think Peter Skoronsky is an absolute can't miss prospect. Now, like you said, whether it's at tackle or guard, I'm not 100% sure. It could be both, to be honest. Like, I think a team like the Philadelphia Eagles have to strongly consider taking Peter Skaronsky at 10, like, because he could start at right guard this year and then Lane Johnson retires next year. And you could kick him out to right tackle if you wanted, if you don't have a better option and get a different guy. Because I, I think interior line is easier to replace than the tackle and Scarancy just he has that versatility he's unbelievably athletic i think he fits uh really good in those zone running schemes your mike mcdaniel your kyle shanahan your sean McVay schemes because he can get to that second level he can get to those linebackers um again i don't know that he's gonna be like a super stud tackle I know though, if you plug him on the offensive in on the offensive line, he's not going to struggle, and he's going to be a legit good player. Uh, and, and I think he'd be better suited at guard, but I think he can get away with it at tackle, especially in those more uh, athletic offensive schemes.
0: Yeah, I wrote down Logan Mankins, just plug and play, yeah. and say you know, figure Second. out how many Pro Bowls and all pros he has at guard moving forward. Uh, I forgot I had a, another nugget. Uh, Ooh, his okay. grandfather played for Lombardi's Packers and won five NFL championships and two Super Bowls,
1: seven rings. That's, that's a good pedigree. I would yes. say that's a pretty good pedigree.
0: Football family, so to speak. i so, okay. to say that. I don't think he's going to be on the board either way at 14. I agree. And I don't know if the Patriots take him. He'd be an interesting selection for the Patriots. Let's just say he's somehow on the board because they took Cole Strange last year, who's a mm-hmm. tackle turned guard. They have... Mike Onwenu, last year of contract, who's a kind of a tackle turned guard, bigger guard. Actually, Matt Groh today in his pre draft press conference talked about how there was, he was a unique learning example for him as a scout because Mike Onwenu did not fit the Patriots sort of measurables for a guard. And yet he's been a really good guard for them. And Bill has talked about how he is a guard for them. But Skoransky, if he were on the board, I think would be an interesting selection because it is a, is it a year-too-early pick to replace on Wenu, or are you going to put him at right tackle and then maybe figure it out in a year once on Wenu leaves? Would you bump on Wenu out to right tackle where he has played and put Skoronsky? I don't think it's an issue the Patriots have to worry about because I think yeah. he's probably going to be gone by 14. So now we'll get into this next group of tackles, and there's, there's a couple guys here. Um, one guy I expected to like more than I did, and one guy I liked more than I expected. So okay. if you follow... Uh, yep. Paris Johnson Jr., six six, three 313 pounds, right, right there. When I say that, 6'6", 313, your mind goes, oh, yeah, that guy's a tackle. Yeah, he's a tackle. That's what a tackle looks like. Yep. Um, a Two-year starter for Ohio State. Good player. Um, nothing to not like about him. I just – I thought I was going to be more um, wowed, I guess, watching yep. him. When, in fact, the next guy on my list who is – Stop me if you've heard this before. A shorter armed guard out of Georgia, Broderick Jones. I uh, and he's six foot five. He's not tiny. Three eleven ran a sub five forty and a one year starter at left tackle. So little bit, you know, inexperienced. I loved him. I think yeah. he's the guy I would take at 14. If you said really you're gonna take a tackle, I think Broderick Jones would be my pick at four. No, not over christian gonzalez necessarily but i'm saying if there was an offensive lineman i think i might take broderick jones
1: yeah it's tough for me i, I think I lean paris johnson i think broderick jones is really really good uh like I, I think both of these guys deserve to be top half of the draft picks they're in my opinion outside of peter skaranski the two best tackles in the draft Agree. um and
0: uh probably all to- all three are top Fifteen picks somewhere. Yeah. Oh, 18, absolutely. I 15? I would think so. I okay. I don't
1: think I don't think any of these guys make it past the Patriots at fifteen. I think the Jets are a hundred percent taking one. Uh, at what are they? Fourteen? Uh, no, they're thirteen. The Patriots are they're 14. 13. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think the Jets are taking one. I think the Patriots should probably take one, and then I I would assume Skaronski or Paris Johnson will probably go before that as well. Um, so I I look at these guys. I just think. Paris Johnson to me is really, really talented, but I think he's a little bit more scheme specific than Broderick Jones. Right. I think he reminded me a little bit of Charles cross last year where I think Paris Johnson is really, really good at pass pro. Like I think he's unbelievably light on his feet. He's got those long arms. He's not going to get beat by speed rushers. Um, and he is really good in a pass protection set, but may need some adjustment when it comes to run blocking. And so he's going to need to be coached up in that aspect. I do think he gets uh, beat by some power rushers every once in a while. He it at the senior bowl, Lucas Van Ness beat him a couple times. times. Uh, Broderick Jones is the opposite of that. Broderick Jones is a tank. He is not going to get beat by power rushers. He has, as the draft people like to say, a ton of sand in his pants. He will anchor. He will lock down. You're going to have to go around him, not through him. Um, And so I think it really depends on the scheme you run. And so if we're talking specifically the New England Patriots, I think Broderick Jones is the better fit. The way Bill O'Brien runs his offense, it's more traditional, power eye, play action. It's not kind of spread it and shred it kind of deal. It's not that uh, athletic zone running scheme uh, that I think Paris Johnson could get really good in. Uh, So for me, if I'm, if I'm the Patriots, Broderick Jones would be higher on my draft board. Okay.
0: So the other person that has, uh, I feel like been connected with the Patriots quite a bit. I think Fitzy um, has an affinity for him is Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. I love this kid. See, I don't. And really okay it was it was Tell interesting um i found him very kind of meh i like he plays okay. with some anger i think his feet are average i didn't think he was overly athletic i didn't love the feet um okay six foot five 347 I should say um i definitely think he's not a left tackle he's either a right tackle or a guard Agreed. in my mind um Five oh one forty played at Tennessee, thirty three and three quarter inch arms. Um, high school basketball player. That's what I was intrigued by. A lot of these guys claimed to be high school basketball players. Had interesting high school. A lot of them, you know, if you read, oh, their first sport was basketball. They loved basketball. Paris Johnson player,
1: like, looks like he could have been a yep, basketball player. Yep.
0: But then they all realize, well, you know, I'm three hundred and thirteen pounds. Probably yeah. football is. I'm kinda, not
1: Shaq. Right, of going to be
0: my thing. Um, I, I just. I don't know. Something just didn't sit well with me for Darnell Wright. And I don't really know what it was.
1: So to me, this Darnell Wright is like the perfect draft pick for Mike Vrabel. This is a guy he wants to, he wants to bleeping kill you in the run game. (laughs) He wants to explode you uh, on impact. And and I think that he is, he is nasty. He's big, but I also think that he has some ability in the past, pro. like his explosion Uh, I think off the line of scrimmage is really good. That first kick out leg to get wide and and take the edge. There is really good. I think he has, I think he, he definitely needs to work on pass pro, but like for a power running team, like the Tennessee Titans, who wants to win in the trenches with strength and snarl, like Darnell, Wright Is the perfect fit. And You said he was 345. He actually cut 10 pounds prior to the combine. He weighed in at the combine at 333, and I think that's even better for him. I think if he can get a little – stay a little lighter, maybe in that high 320s range, you're going to see that speed pick up a little Mm -hmm. bit, and he won't be quite as slow as he was at Tennessee.
0: Yeah, I I would be interested to see him – you're right. As sort of a road grader, maybe there's something there. Um, but in sort of a drop back passing offense, I would definitely have some concerns, um, consistency, I think seeing some of the better pass rushers and, you know, Matt Grove brought this up today. Like we're no longer in the era of your right tackle is just a run blocker and your left tackle is your pass protector. Like, I mean, look at the Patriots, the end of last year, you had two double digit sack guys. You're lining up Josh Uche on one side, Matt Judon on the other, like you need to be able to pass protect at the right tackle spot in most offenses, most schemes. Um, and, and I'm not saying, you know, see, to me, if I took him as a second round pick, I'd feel really good about it. I think he's going to be a first round pick. And if he's a first round pick for that reason, I am out.
1: So, oh, see, I, I am, I am fine with taking Darnell, right? I would be fine with the Patriots taking Darnell right at 14. Oh, we um, will
0: have, so I will be so pissy on the, the W E E I draft night broadcast. If they take Darnell, right? Oh
1: yeah. That'd be a that'd, a, that'd, that'd be a nice change of pace because <laughs> I've been the pissy one the last couple of years. Um, so I would be fine with Darnell Wright at 14 or if they traded down to, you know, 20 or whatever and drafted Darnell, Wright, I think that's a, a great pick.
0: Okay. So now we get into, there's going to be a group of second round ish tackles that are in the mix. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about this, how the Patriots approach need based drafting. And if they take a wide receiver, would they then go tackle second round or vice versa tackle first round? So, Uh, One name I've seen actually mocked to them, um, and I forget which mock it was, but, (coughs) excuse me, the Syracuse kid, uh, Matthew Bergeron, who was 6'5", 3'18". I believe he's a Canadian kid, if I remember. Yeah, he speaks French. I believe French is his first language. Okay, yeah. Um, He's from... 33 and three-quarter inch arms. There's some people that think he may end up as a guard, which is going to be a common theme throughout this. I am one of those people. And it's also... It's becoming more and more common. Where I just think in the old days it was like if you're six six, you're a tackle, and if yeah. you're six four, you're a guard, and if you're six two, you're a center, and like there was just sort of these measurables. Like we'll get to a guy later. The the Wisconsin center is like six seven or something, six <laughs> six. Like it's it it's just a different world of athletes on the the, the offensive line. Yeah. Um. I again I would put Bergeron in that right tackle or guard column. Um. I actually like how he plays. Uh, I think he may get some holding calls. He seems very handsy um, to me. So another reason I think those guys need to be closer inside and kind of have a guy on either side of them to get stay from getting outside their frame and getting grabby. Um, 39 starts, good experience captain. I think he's kind of one of those tough worked for everything he's gotten kind of guy. Um, I could see him as a second round right tackle guard type for the Patriots. It wouldn't stun me.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I like Bergeron a lot. I like him way more at guard than I do at tackle. Like for me, he would be the seventh best tackle in this draft. But at guard, he's probably numbered. You could convince me number two. I would prefer him as the number three guard. Um, I, I just think he fits better that way. Uh, the length of his arms, the way he plays, I think he's better suited for guard, but he's a good football player. Like I think this kid absolutely will probably get taken in that second round. I've even seen some people sneak him in in the back half of the first round, uh, the, towards the very end. I don't necessarily love that, but as a, a second round pick, I would feel really good about Matthew Bergeron.
0: Okay. I'll let you, uh, direct us yeah where do you want to go who you like
1: we skipped the guy that i love uh anton harrison the offensive tackle at oklahoma Uh, i think harrison is probably my fourth favorite tackle in this draft um Hmm. i think he is excellent uh i think he's he's able to move well on his feet I, i think he's a tremendous pass blocker um i think he's gonna need some development in a rushing game but like Again, like if you're taken by a team like the Kansas city chiefs or a team with, or the Cincinnati Bengals who always need offensive line help, uh, you're going to be okay because 80% of the time you're going to be a pass pro anyways. And I think that's where Anton Harrison thrives. Uh, I think he would be awesome. 34 and an eighth inch arms, three fifteen, six six foot four. Like he is, he's, he's really good. He's uh only how old is he he is he's a junior 21 thank you yep. I, I knew i had it somewhere um i really like the way anton harrison plays tackle
0: so i um to me he is a boomer bust guy i think the
1: oh, high floor low ceil- or high ceiling low floor guy got it okay yeah
0: i think like all the potential is there mm-hmm. athletic sub 540 pretty good feet a little weird at times consistency is an issue but I don't hate that out of a 20 year 21 year old like you sure. know he's supposed to be a little raw he's not a professional yet exactly I think he could hit I think he could actually absolutely hit with his size speed length mold of of athletic tools another high school basketball player who absolutely looks like a former high school basketball player athletically I'm just not sold he's ever gonna be a franchise pro bowl left tackle consistently i think he's going to be a teaser i could easily see him your pff peeps like one game grading out at like 97 and then the next game struggles in a matchup is a little inconsistent and and there's sort of an up and down nature to him but he definitely has the makeup or the look of of an athletic some of these other guys that we've been saying right guard i mean tackle right right tackle guard types he's a left tackle type bingo I just don't know if he's elite enough in that mold.
1: Yeah, look, I don't think he's quite in the same bracket as Paris Johnson. I think Paris Johnson is like a a step above. But I think if you're talking like legitimate left tackle, I think Anton Harrison is as as good as you're going to get in this draft after Paris Johnson and Broderick Jones.
0: That's probably fair. Um, So the next guy I want to talk about is another guard tackle tweener, whatever you want to talk of, uh, Cody Mauck. Out of North mock. Dakota State. Um, see, how do you say it? Mock, as in mock draft. Okay, that's how I said it. But then the pronunciation is M O U M-O-U-C-K. I don't know how to pronounce that. It did me no good. It actually confused me more by giving me that pronunciation key.
1: Yeah, that's that doesn't seem right.
0: Because in my head, I was saying mock.
1: Yeah, I have heard multiple other draft guys pronounce it mock.
0: Okay, well, screw you, M O U C K people.
1: No, I'm looking at it. Oh uh, no, I think you might be right. So on the NDSU page, they have like a little ear next to his name with the pronunciation, and it's M O W K. So would that Mauk. be Mouk? Yeah, yeah. So maybe Mauk. it is Malk.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm terrible at these. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways. Um. He's a uh, he's a farm boy, 5,500 yes, acre farm is. boy, six foot five, 302 pounds. He looks the part. Uh, he definitely looks the part. Um, he's the one. I'm sure people have seen him. He's lost his teeth, and he's not replacing them. His front teeth. All he wants for Christmas is his two front teeth. But he's, he's got the
1: long hair, long red
0: hair, ginger, like the whole thing, the whole yep. freaking thing. He could be either in like a remake of Slap Shot or something <laughs> of that nature. Um,
1: <laughs> like the Hoosiers version of, uh, football, like just Indiana corn fed yep. boy, yeah, yep.
0: yeah. farm strong, that whole thing, 39 starts, 37 of them at left tackle and North Dakota state. We need to re like is a second tier powerhouse. Like they dominate the one double a all the time. And yep. they're now Trey producing... Lance, Christian Watson, yeah. like they're NFL and... talent. Like yeah, they're, yeah. it just is it's NFL talent. Now I do think there's a little difference between line play at that level versus you're a playmaker an athlete at that level. So this is a little bit like Cole Strange. I do think there will be a transitional period for Mauk as he comes into the NFL. Um, he's good at the second level. He's athletic. He keeps his feet moving, and I don't, I don't hate him. I, I don't like. I think this is a guy that his profile as a farm boy worker, I would, I would rely on. Like I think you're mm-hmm. going to get um, improvement, work ethic, reliability. Like he will max out his talent. And I've seen enough of those guys that I think Ted Karras is the guy I would point to. I think Ted Karras is less talented than Cody Mauk, but those types of guys work and get the most out of their ability. And you look at Ted Karras. Yeah. You don't, you're not like in love with him, but then you look down and you're like, oh yeah, he did start those 12 games. I needed him to start at center. Or then he bumped out to guard and gave me five games at guard. And you're like, yeah, well, he wasn't terrible. Like, we we continued to perform as an offense, and he did it in New England and in Miami and Cincinnati, and I think Cody Mauk is going to have that kind of career where you're never wowed by him, but then you're wowed by the fact that he made it through 9, 10 years and has, I don't know, 105 starts in the national
1: football. Yeah, he's like that blue-collar guy is going to show up and just make your right. starts, and he's never going to be out injured. And, right. And I get that, but Cody Mauk, mock Mauk is not a tackle in the NFL. I'm sorry. Probably he's not, not. He is. He's not 302 pounds. There's just not enough density there. Uh, it's, I don't, it, I, I think he's good at guard. I think he would be better suited at guard. I know he took some reps there at the senior bowl, yep. Uh, but like there is, there would be a very big learning curve, right? Like he is, like you said, he has played his entire career at tackle at North yep. Dakota state. Yep. He has not played guard like at all. And so that immediately to me knocks him down my draft board a lot because I, that takes uh, a lot of time and a lot of the right coaching to get him acclimated and prepared at guard. I think you're right. I think he could be a Ted Karras type where once he's comfortable, maybe into his second year, third year, even like he can make every start going forward and he'll never miss it. He'll never miss a beat. And that's fu- and that's good. But that to me is not worth a second round pick like to me he is a third round guy max um i don't love him i I think he's really athletic i think he fits in certain schemes he's going to be a very scheme specific guy but again this is a guy who's going to play guard or center in the nfl he is not an nfl tackle
0: okay well here's a guy who is not uh lacking for size
1: oh yeah let's let's talk about big danos do that's that was his nickname uh oh. in college oh.
0: was big Thanos okay uh he's compared to Trent Brown he is Dewan Jones he is six foot eight 374 pounds yes you read that right that's a that's a that's a lot of human being right hundredth
1: percentile weight by the way well
0: Parcells, Planet player there's only so many people on the planet that are shaped like that like it's (laughs) limited it's a finite number he is
1: carrying it man
0: um and i like him i think he has as a right tackle and remember we've seen trent brown play right and left tackle um i think another high school basketball player uh he actually got basketball scholarship offers so we talked about some of the guys outgrowing it can you imagine six eight three seventy four 374 on a basketball court holy mother bleeping god
1: yeah this guy is he is a monster and and one of the one of the things that's crazy about him eleven and five eighth inch hands Andy his hand is the size of your computer screen yep it's massive and and I think it shows up when he plays too. thirty six and three eighth inch arms too both of those ninety eighth ninety fifth percentile like wingspan eighty seven. Uh, and seven eighth inches, a hundredth percentile. Again, the weight, a hundredth percentile. Like this guy is a mammoth of a human being and he's not fast.
0: No, 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 I And mean, I wouldn't expect him to be. I mean,
1: no, but, but I'm just saying like, you have to be prepared for that. I think he is a, just an absolute lockdown, right? Tackle. Like he, he you are going to plug him in. Ain't nobody running through that boy. Ain't nobody. And even the speed rushers are going to have a hard time because he's going to be throwing rocks at your chest with those giant hands. All he has, his hands are so big that all he has, to- he doesn't have to hit you with both hands. He only needs to hit you with one in the chest. And Von Miller is going to like take a stop because he's that effing big. Like Dewan Jones is huge. I don't know if he will have a very long career. I don't know. If he will have like a an All Pro career, but I know that if I need a right tackle for the duration of his rookie contract, I can draft him and plug him in, and we'll figure it out.
0: And as a day two pick,
1: like, yeah, exactly.
0: You're not taking him in the first round, and no. again, there's just so many people walking the planet that can do what he does, and it's, it's <laughs> insane bring what he brings to the table. So I think he's an intriguing guy. Um, I don't know if you have any other guys you want to highlight. I got a few more on my list. If you want to keep rolling or.
1: Uh, yeah. So uh, I actually want to pivot. I want to talk about Osiris Torrance, the Ooh. guard out of Florida. Cyborg. Yeah, I really like Osiris Torrance. Osiris Torrance. I think after uh, Petey Skaronsky, he's probably the next best guard in the draft. Uh, I, I think this kid could play football. Another kid with massive hands, 11 and a quarter inch hands. He's six foot five. 330. Again, a big guard. Like this kid is dense. He can play football and he can start right away. He is going to dominate in the run game no matter what scheme, no matter what team. You plug him in, he's going to be fantastic in the run game. I think there's some work that needs to be done when it comes to pass pro. But yep. again, we've talked about it. I think interior offensive line is a position you can work with uh, with a lot more ease than tackle. This kid has all the tools, he has all the ability. Uh, that he could probably sneak into the end of the first round, uh, if I had to guess as a draft pick.
0: Yeah, he's a uh, a guy that the the one thing that would th- there's two aspects to him. So he started playing football, in fact, to get in shape because he was a 420 mm-hmm. pound kid, and he did obviously down to 330, which you know we might look at 330 and say wow, but when you were 420, that's 90 pounds lighter and more athletic. Yeah. Um, You read the scouting reports. Apparently, all his coaches rave about him just as a leader, a worker kind of guy. Uh, Plug and play is thrown around about him. Um, I don't think he has great feet, so I don't think he's ever going to deal with uh, – I I don't think you want him one-on-one with Aaron Donald. Not that you want anybody one-on-one with Aaron Donald, but um, I don't think he's that kind of footwork, that kind of athlete, at least not at this point in his development. Yep. But he's a big, powerful man who moves dudes like he does. He He can
1: move planets
0: as the reason he was called. I I guess he was called Cyborg and then it got uh, shortened to Cybo is his nickname now. Cybo like that because it ties into his Cyrus Cyborg Cybo Um, started his career at Louisiana, finished at Florida. He was a consensus All-American last year. All SEC went to the Senior Bowl. I do think he's a borderline late first round pick uh, as a guard and as a as they say in the scatterplot, plug and play. Like, if you need a guard, you're like, I need to draft, kind of like the Patriots did with Cole Strange, actually. They drafted a guard and put him right in that slot after trading yep. Shaq Mason. If you need a guard that you need to start next September, I think Osiris Torrance fills the bill, definitely.
1: It don't Doesn't it make sense, too? Like, if the Patriots' plan is to kick on Wenu back out to tackle, like, if... if... Torrance makes it into that second round that they kind of do what they did for uh, Christian Barmore and trade up in that, in the beginning of the second round and yep. grab him and just slap him in. He is going to start on day one at guard, and then you can kick on when to tackle and you're cooking with some gas.
0: Okay. So you got to talk about your guy. I do want to hey. talk about my guy, Joe Tipman. Oh yeah.
1: Okay. Let's talk Tipman.
0: A six foot six center. Yes. Yes. And I am of the world where I've lived through the Ryan Wendells okay. in New England that were, I don't know, six foot, maybe five eleven and change. Like now you have a six foot out of Wisconsin, which automatically you're like, Oh, he went to Wisconsin. He's probably a pretty good offensive lineman. Cause yes. most Wisconsin offensive linemen <laughs> are later. good. Um, I really like him. I, I think he finishes. I think he could probably play, um, some guard. I think he was mostly at center for them. Maybe all center. He moves really well. He pulls, he plays high. Guess why? Cause he's high. Like he's six he's foot six. Foot six. six. Like, he can bend his knees and he's never going to be as low uh, as some of the other guys so but i think he is an absolutely intriguing now he's 6'6 but he does have 32 and change arms so he's got like mm-hmm. short arms but big torso i guess that's how that works out numerically yeah. um i think he's a really fun prospect a really kind of different kind of player based on his build
1: yeah i i totally agree with you i i like joe Tippmann a lot um he he was on bruce Feldman's freak list he was number 28 455 pound bench like this kid is a monster 90, of an 90. athlete at six foot six. Like he is going to move people. He is. You're right. That's his biggest issue is that he plays high, but that's what happens when you're six foot effing six. Right. And so, but he's going to be able to adjust that. He's going to be able to find a way. I think Titman ha- is going to be able to have success at the NFL level. Um, He can move. He's athletic. He would fit great in a lot of those zone running schemes. And I think he'd have a lot of success.
0: Okay, so another guy that's in that second round mode, um, Steve Avila out of TCU, uh, consensus All-American, three-year starter. He's a guy that I know the versatility appeals, especially interior linemen to NFL teams. Um, 17 games at center, 15 at left guard, a couple at right tackle, right guard. Um, Certainly that right there is like, oh, Belichick would be intrigued by that. I can put him anywhere on the offensive line and he'll fill in for me. Um, And a good player. Obviously, he has really good feet. I thought he has the ability. He's sort of the opposite of Torrance. I do think he could match up with some of your more athletic interior pass rushers. I think he mirrors really well with good feet uh, on the inside. And he's really big, too. Six foot three, 332 is not anything to sniff at. Yeah, he's yeah. So um, I actually really like him as a second round type guard. He is a little older, 23 plus. But as we said, almost all of them in this draft class seem to be thanks to thanks to COVID. So I think he's an, an interesting guy.
1: Yeah, I think Steve Avila would be a great round two pick. I've even seen him. Uh, it's actually kind of been like a popular thing recently to go to the New Orleans Saints at the end of the first round. Um, I I think that makes a lot of sense. I think uh, Avila, that versatility, you're right, is really, really appealing to be able to play center or either of the guard positions. I think he'll probably start at guard, if I'm being completely honest. I think that's where he's best suited, Uh, and I think he's really good at it. I think he's athletic. I do think he has really good feet. Uh, I I think Avila would be an excellent, excellent second-round pick.
0: Okay, are there any other uh, center guards you want to touch on? Because I do have a couple more tackle types that I want to swing back around on before we wrap up this very long podcast.
1: Yeah, two real quick center prospects. I won't go too into it, but uh, John Michael Schmitz is the best center prospect in the draft out of Minnesota. Six yep. foot four, 301. This kid, plug and play. Uh, he's. I- I've seen him go to the Giants in the first round. Um, I, I don't know that I would draft him in the first round. I just don't necessarily believe drafting centers in the first round is a great idea, I'm but- with you especially when a guy like Luke Whipler at Ohio State, six 6'3", 303, will definitely be available in the second round. I think Whipler's awesome, too. I think both of these guys are day one starters in the NFL at center. Uh, I think they're both very, very good at what they do. is extremely smart. He's talented. Uh, and then I, I think Schmitz is just an absolute monster at center. So I like both of those guys when it comes to uh, the centers.
0: Okay, as we start to look at, like, day two, day three, Potential draft picks at the uh, tackle position. There's a group here. I'm going to I'm gonna list off a couple, and then I'm going to pick one that I kind of liked. Uh, Tyler Steen out of Alabama. So, right there you go. Oh, Bill O'Brien, Alabama. Um, formerly of Vanderbilt. 6'6", 321. Uh, comes from a military family. Solid player. I wasn't necessarily in love with him. Braden Daniels out of Utah. 6'4", 294 pounds. A little undersized there. Um, probably a guard in part because of that. Carter Warren out of Pittsburgh. 6'5", 3'11", 36-inch arms. He probably has the more prototypical build. And then the guy I kind of like the most of the guys I watched, Nick Saldaveri. Yes. Of Old Dominion. 6'6", yep. um, 318 pounds. Uh, maybe a guard, according to some people. He was at the Senior Bowl. Uh, I played right tackle, 34, I think, of his 35 starts. Um, probably has some guard flexibility. All the tape I watched of him, he looked like a really competitive blocker that I that I would definitely see as a potential mid-round developmental uh, offensive lineman.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I think I like, out of the those guys, I think I like Tyler Steen the most. I thought Tyler Steen was really kind of solid at everything he did. Like, he's not amazing at any one particular thing, but I thought he was pretty solid across the board. Uh, another guy that I feel like has to be talked about, is Blake Freeland, uh, the tackle out of BYU? He's six foot eight, three hundred and two pounds. In he tested off the freaking charts at the draft. This guy's athleticism is out of bounds good. Uh, I think in a in a in that zone running McDaniel Shanahan McVeigh scheme, like this guy would be freaking awesome.
0: Okay, um, so we have gone over, I mean, we could almost be 20 deep, I think, in offensive linemen there, which I think is a relatively impressive feat for anyone who doesn't actually so. collect a paycheck from uh, an NFL team to study offensive linemen. Uh, but again, back near the top of the draft, Patriots pick at 14. Peter Skoronsky probably won't be available at that point, is probably a guard, but will probably be a multi-time pro bowler in his future in the National Football League. And then from a Patriots perspective, I think you get into the Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones tandem as legitimate possibilities with the 14th pick in the draft. I think you're a little higher on Paris Johnson. I think I'm a little higher on Broderick Jones. I think we both would probably be OK with those picks. Yep. And then we have a little divide on Darnell Wright, who at times has been a popular mock draft selection for the Patriots. Shime says, yay. I say Nay. Fitzy says yay, so maybe Rich Keefe will get a vote on the <laughs> WEEI draft night. Six to midnight program uh, next week on draft weekend. So I want you to say right now, the Patriots will draft an offensive lineman, yes or no, at 14.
1: I'm going to say yes. I think the Patriots, uh, I'm going to say, I'm. I'm going to say Paris Johnson Jr., you are a New England Patriot. Okay,
0: I'm going to say they do not draft alignment. I'm going to say they look line a little later, second round, okay. third round. We talked about Matthew Bergeron, maybe some of the other options that could pop up later in the draft. Um, certainly, Trent Brown look-alike, Duane Jones out of Ohio State could be a possibility. I'm going to say they go either corner or wide receiver, and they leave the tackle selection to later in the draft. Either way, I think the tackle position is an interesting position, and we've seen in recent years guys come right in high picks, top half of the first round, top ten picks that help change sort of the whole mentality and fate of an offense, of a quarterback, of a play caller, by bringing solid play to the tackle position. We will probably see that again for Skaronsky, Jones, Johnson, and others in this draft. The only question is, will it be with the Patriots? And we'll find out in little more than a week. Six rings and prospect things continues to forge on here. We will have a couple more positional breakdowns. we got to get to the edge rushers, the defensive ends. And we will also have a six rings and prospect things mock draft in which at least three or maybe four different individuals will rotate their way through the first round pick by pick to make selections for the 30, well, 31 NFL franchises that are picking in the first round. Nice job. Dolphins. You dumbass. You didn't get Tom Brady and you don't have a first round pick. Well, you do have a pretty talented roster even though, you know, despite that. So you'll be fine. But yes, this is going to wrap it up for the tackle slash offensive line edition of six rings and prospect things. He's Chris Scheim. I'm Andy Hart, and we will be back with the guys trying to beat the tackles, the pass rushers. See ya. See (laughs) ya.